want to thank you for joining us at Cowboy Junction Church today. As you hear this message, we pray that your faith will grow and you will be both encouraged and challenged. To stay connected with what's happening at CJC and to receive text message reminders or announcements, text the word CONNECT to the number 575-209-2770. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share this message online. You can also help us reach others by partnering with us financially. You can easily give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift at cowboyjunctionchurch.com give. We hope you enjoy this message. Today is the last and final message in a series we've been in called Frequency. I want you to continue your attitude of worship. Fabian's going to stay up here and help me. We've been talking about listening to God. Everybody say, listening to God. We've said a few things. I just want to iterate. This is so important for you to realize. God is talking to every person in this place right now. Okay? I think there was only six people on the front row who even heard that. God is talking to everybody right now. Everybody on our online campus. I know we've only sang two songs. I know you're caught off a little bit. You're in the middle of your ice cream. But God wants to talk to you right now, and He's talking to you right now. We're in a series called Frequency, and we're talking about listening to God. And what does God want to talk to us about? And how is God talking to us? And this is the last and final message in this series. And I'm really honest, I couldn't wait to get here. Because we were going to shift some things up, because today's message is about worship. How does God speak to you? One of the ways that God speaks to you is through worship. Let me read you something real quick. One of my favorite pastors, Robert Morris, wrote this. He said, a friend of mine was leading worship at his church when a young man approached afterwards and asked if he could talk. The young man looked as though he had been crying. And he said, I finally get it. When we were worshiping, things finally made sense to me my friend asked him to explain and the young man described how the congregation had been singing a particular worship song with a line from the chorus that repeated several times the theme of the goodness of God and the goodness of God and the goodness of God the man and his wife had recently lost a baby to SIDS and they had been walking through much grief and pain But when singing the song about God's goodness, he was struck anew with the mercy, peace, and love of God. His realization didn't make the pain all go away, but he knew that God was still good, even though this extreme hardship had happened in their lives. The young man said, It's hard to explain what exactly happened to me when we were singing that song. It's as if I wasn't just singing anymore. I felt that I was kneeling before God and seeing Him in all of His glory, all of His majesty. And I knew everything about our baby girl. And He didn't give me a reason for her death, but somehow I didn't need to understand. Even, though, even without understanding, I knew that God was good. Yeah. 
that he loves me and he cares about us. And I knew that my wife and I are somehow going to make it through this time. And that's how things fit into perspective when I was kneeling before a good, good father. This is the power of worship. We've talked about a lot of things in the last several weeks. We've talked about the Bible and the Holy Spirit. We've talked about God speaking to you right now. We've talked about waiting on God. We've talked about many different things. And if you haven't got to hear the whole series, you should go back and listen to it. But today is about worship. And I just want us to say, we have one of the coolest worship teams. They're amazing. They work hard. They spend time with Jesus. And if we're not careful, one of the things that we won't recognize is just the presence that we do have here at Cowboy Junction to enter into a time of worship. It'll just be some place you go to church, and that's my pastor, and they're on the worship team, and you don't realize just how blessed you are to have people to lead us into acknowledging and seeing and recognizing the king of the universe over our life and how worship will speak to us. Today's the wrap-up, and I just want you to know that I think maybe we should start off Start off with three things that I think are very important for us to understand about worship. So get your Bibles ready, take notes. Uh, if you don't have notes to take or something to write on, get your phone ready, take a picture of the screen as long as I'm in it. And, and no, I'm joking. I, 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 I want to talk to you about three things that help us with our worship. You ready? Number one, worship is from the heart. It, that's, the, that's the only place it can come from. I don't care who you are, what you've been through. Worship has got to start somewhere. And true worship, good worship, starts from the heart. <clears throat> now, this is very important because there are many, many people who would say, well, I'm just not a worshiper. I, I just don't worship. You were actually created to worship. Before you were made for anything, before anyone knew your name, what your hobbies were going to be, what your talents were going to be, the very first gifting God gave you before anything else was the ability to worship. It's in the form of just your heart having appreciation and honor towards the one who created you. Many times we have to stop and ask, why do I feel like I'm so blocked? in my worship? Why can't I have breakthrough in my worship? Why does there seem to be a, a, a just, just a holdup? It's like I've got to jump through hurdles. And, and let me just tell you, before you try to fix yourself and you only fall into the frustration of trying to fix yourself, this isn't something you can fix in you. This is actually something you need to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal in you. If you struggle with worship, it could actually be a heart thing. Perhaps something has happened in your life to where it's just hard to give God glory. And you're, you love God, you think, he, you think He's awesome, you want to go to heaven, but there's some, there's some resentment you carry towards Him that will affect your worship. And you should not keep pushing it back. You should boldly ask Him, God, 
I want to worship you. I really do. I see that worship team up there. I see Kelly worshiping. I, I see Leslie worshiping. I, I see teenagers on the drums. I see his dad on the pianos. I see Pastor Ty over there clapping. I don't want to be like them. I want to worship you the way that I want to worship you. But God, you've got to heal my heart. Perhaps, possibly, you've been through something that, that you didn't even know was affecting you the way it was affecting you. But I will start off by telling you the very first point today is worship has to come from the heart. And perhaps that's the very place God needs to start is your heart. Because you will never be able to worship Him in the way that your spirit wants to worship Him, worship him until you let Him be the God that has healed your heart from the things that are trying to rob you of the worship you want to give him. Number two, worship is expressing our love towards God. And really, that is exactly what it is. A relationship is awkward if expression of love can't be felt. Expression is a part of who you are. Expression is a, is, is a part that I guarantee that this is maybe a struggle for a lot of men in the room. I just, I just don't like expressing my love. I just don't, I'm not expressive. And I would turn to you and say, oh, come on. We've seen you worship the Dallas Cowboys before and, and, and get excited about certain stuff. The fact is, is that you are expressive. But sometimes we're not taught how to express our love towards our Father in heaven. Can I turn to you and tell you this? Why don't you ask him how? It's as simple as Father's Day coming up. By the way, Father's Day is coming up. You know how you find out what your dad wants for Father's Day? You ask him. Hey, Dad, what would you like for Father's Day? That's a great place to start. And do you know it's just as simple a conversation with your father in heaven by turning to him and saying, what do you want? I will give you what you desire. Expression comes in so many ways. It can come from... Your hands being expressed to God through a worship song, signifying a complete surrender to Him. For some of you, we offer clapping class at Cowboy Junction Church where you can learn how to clap during the song. And it's really good. It's a short class. I teach it. And every time the drummer hits the snare, you hit your hands together. There it's over. You just graduated. You can now go to be official uh, clappers at Cowboy Junction. And why should we be expressive in our worship? Because clapping is honor. Clapping is respect, and clapping is the celebration. And in this case, we're talking about the celebration of worship. Don't you dare put, hide your hands in your pockets. There are times I do worship, I put my hands in my pockets, but it's because I know that God's talking to me. And in that moment, I kind of turn into a little kid. It's where you can just see Ty over in the corner with his hands in his pockets, and he's just listening to his dad. And so I just don't want to get too bad on the whole hands and pocket things. But can I turn to you and say that our God is worthy of all of our expression of love that we can give him. And worship is expressive. It's expressive in everything that we do. Not just with hands and not with, with clapping, but it's in our singing. It's the words that we choose. Do you realize that your testimony, and by the way, Every person in this room following Jesus has a testimony. You are a living, breathing testimony. 
And by you telling someone, expressing your gratitude for God for never giving up on you, it may be a buddy you went to high school with, college with, maybe somebody you work with, and you turn to them and say, I just want you to know, you remember the old me? None of that was possible until God did what he did in my life. And that expression of praise, that's worship. Worship is from the heart. And worship expressing our love towards God. But the third thing is worship is serving God. To honor God with your very best. Giving God your very best with the words that you choose. With the way that you do things. With the thoughts that you think. All of these things are worship. They're serving. Finding a need in your community and being a problem solver. As unto the Lord is worship. Now, there's a lot of people in the room that you're already a problem solver. You're a go-getter, mover, shaker, fixer. You're, you're great. But how could we ask, God, I'm so good at doing stuff. But that's the problem. I'm always doing stuff. How could, you, could I honor you by doing it for you? Think about it for a minute. It's just a simple shift. Instead of you being a person that says, well, if I've got to do it, and if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. What if we shifted this to, God, I'm tired of living the life where I hold over everybody else what they're not doing. Well, that was really good, by the way. That was, I'm tired of living the life where I walk around being mad at everybody for what they're not doing. I'm tired of thinking of my list and all that needs to be done. I'm tired of, God, how can I work my talents and my abilities, but how can I shift it? And to, instead of doing it for me and the people around me, how can I honor you with what I do? That's worship. I wanted to just kind of set the stage real quick. And these three things that we're opening up with today is just kind of make sure that we're on the same page of what worship is. But specifically today, I want to talk to you about the attitude of worship in our singing and praise in worship. Don't lose me. Stay focused. I, this is the shortest message I've preached all year, and we're only halfway through the year, okay? I wanted to stop and think for a minute. What would happen if we worshiped God with our words and our singing, and He actually came and met with us as we worshiped Him? So the other day, I knew I would be preaching on this this weekend. So I went to the gym, I came back home, and I just hopped in the truck. And the whole plan for this particular day that I was just going to go get lost and just play worship music. Now, I, I did something really interesting. I had my little journal right on my, de on my, on my desk in my truck, okay? And so now what I'm going to do is I'm going to play pre-picked out songs because I've worked on this day and I've got excited about this day. And I have these worship songs and I'm just going to go drive and I'm going to write down every worship song that plays and then what did God speak to me about while that song played? The first song that I picked came from Maverick City Worship. If you haven't downloaded that album, it's a great album, Maverick City Worship. But there's a song called Jira. It's, it's one of the popular ones on there. So it's, it's a good song. It refers to God as Jehovah Jira, God my provider. Okay? And I picked it out, and I just began to play it. And to be real honest with you, well, I'm, I'm two minutes into this song and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not getting nothing. That's the poor English way of saying God's not speaking to me, okay? <laughs> and so I'm driving and God's not speaking. I'm driving and God's not speaking. 
And so the song finishes all the way through, and I'm a little discouraged. I'm thinking to myself, well, this is kind of a bomb. You know, God, if we're going to preach worship, if we're going to do worship, if I'm going to go on a worship drive and just play songs and, and let you speak to me through worship, shouldn't you speak? And I thought, just play the song again. So I hit repeat, and Jira came back up again. And about three or four seconds into the second time I played Jira, I'm driving down the road, and my brain just instantly just zones out. I, that's the only way to describe it. I instantly just get to thinking. And instantly I, I just begin to think about the all-staff meeting that we've got going on this week where we've invited different department heads to come in. And instantly as Jira is playing for the second time in my truck, I instantly start just getting exactly what I'm going to talk about. And God just starts talking to me about there are people that are in our church that have volunteered and volunteered and volunteered. And Ty, I want you to go give them the permission to go from volunteer to ministry. Come on, let's think about this. Volunteer to ministry. So many times we have the attitude of volunteer. Volunteer, I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to show up. And it's Christian community service. And there are people who feel like they're doing Christian community service. Christian community service. And as I was driving and playing, and I can't even hear Jira now in the background, but I know it's playing. I'm talking to God about more people need to move out of Christian community service and actually realize he has called you to ministry. He has called you to be ministry. You are working for somebody else's vision, but down deep in your heart, there's something that God has called you to do that is 100% ministry, and you need to believe in the Jesus that's talking to you about this today. And all of a sudden, I'm going, God, that is so good. There, there needs to be less Christian community service, and there needs to be more ministry. And people say, this is what I do for a day job, but this is the ministry that God's got me in. And I write this down. Jaira, God, my provider, is playing in the background. And, and, and these words jump up. How much does he love you? More than you can ever imagine. And now I begin to pray, God, where do you want me? Where do you want me? And God says, well, um, take a look at the envelope you're writing stuff on. I, I thought I was writing my notepad, but I think I got panicked a little bit. and I picked up an envelope that was laying in my truck. And, and uh, these are the notes of me starting the conversation with God through these worship songs. And I, I wrote down Jira. And, and the envelope I picked up, and I just got through praying, God, where do you want me? It's from the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish to let me know that I did not draw an elk tag. <laughs> I said, God, what does this have to do with anything? He goes, because I needed your September this year. Wow. <clears throat> I needed your September. And I know you wanted an elk tag, but I needed you. And your September, we're going to go on a little adventure. And, and I just wanted you to show you that... I even know where you're going to be when you don't even know why you're not going to get to be there. And he said, why don't you go ahead and take a look at your deer tag? Because I drew a deer tag. I'm so stoked about it. I'm like, hey, okay, let's go deer hunting. But, but God informed me that I apparently put down the wrong location. And I'm supposed to be in unit 16. And I put down unit 30, 31, whatever our unit is, 31. And... So I didn't even fill out the right tag for deer. I don't know if I'm supposed to go deer hunting in Unit 16 or I'm supposed to just not go deer hunting at all. And it just, why in the world was I keeping notes on an envelope 
And God just said, I just want you to know, even the place you're writing right now is evidence that I'm at work all around you. I went to the next song. And the next song was Bethel Worship. Raise a hallelujah. And instantly, I, I just began to ask God, God, would you speak to me more? Would you speak to me more? Would you speak to me more? I opened my heart. If there's any place in my heart that is not where it should be, God, reveal it to me. Speak to me more. And as soon as I began to pray this, God just took me to another direction. And I began, there's a country music uh, friend that we have who, who uh, is a great country music artist. And I just began to think about him and just began to pray about him. And there was one specific thing that I felt like I needed to tell him. I pulled over on the side of the road, got my phone out and hit record on the video and shot him a one minute encouragement. Dude, I could totally see you being at a, car, uh, at a concert and looking at people and telling them this. And I saw in the audience people that were like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And people standing next to them going, what is, she, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? And the people who get it explaining to the people who don't get it. And it was just this wave of everybody beginning to understand what God wanted them to know from you being on stage and saying this one little thing. See, it went from raise a hallelujah to the goodness of God. The same song that the young man was listening to in the service, trying to figure out why this happened to his baby girl. The point I'm trying to make you is this. I don't think we give enough credit to waiting and worshiping. Waiting and worshiping. Waiting and worshiping. Two things I want you to think about. One of them is this. God dwells in the praises of his people. This is scriptural. In fact, it's found in Psalms chapter 22. Verse 1 is David talking about his suffering, but praising at the same time. Let me read you verse 1 and 2. It says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but do you not hear? And in the night season, and am I not silent? And so the reason why I wanted to show you this is because even David felt the absence from God. He felt the pain and the hurt. But David's next words in verse 3 have led the church in so much worship over many years. Listen to what it says. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. This is the New King James Version on probably a translation you've heard differently than this one. Have you ever heard someone say that God sits on the praises of his people? God is in the presence of the praises of his people. And this is a story for each and every one of us. This is an Old Testament Ark of the Covenant symbolism that on the Ark of the Covenant was a place, a seat, that all of the praises were directed towards and God would sit and make his residence on the top of the Ark of the Covenant. But now there's no more temple and everything is gone. And who is the temple now? It's us. We 
are the place that God can come rest. In our hearts, in our life, you can be the very temple of God. And what is the seat that he'll sit on? The praises of his people. As we worship God, as teenagers, you worship God. As young people, you worship God. You are actually making a seat for God to come and sit in your life. Look what David says. Our fathers trusted you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted you and were not ashamed. God dwells in the praises of his people. If you're new to this, let me just give you the real quick version of what we just covered. If you'll just worship God, he'll come be with you and he'll speak to you. Not because he's not speaking now, but worship causes our ear to align with his voice. It's that simple. Second thing, worship is pursuing God's truth and living through him in everyday life. That's it. It's not just singing, but it's learning how to worship God in everything that we do. There was a conversation that took place in John chapter 4, verse 23. This is what Jesus said to a woman by the well. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. This is... Jesus' way of saying that God is spirit and we worship him in spirit. But he's also truth. And every time you do what God's asking you to do, you're actually drawing attention to that he was the one who showed you how to do it. And it's worship to him. Okay, so I'm going to do something. You ready? I'm going to read you exactly what we just read. But not in the King James Version. I want you to read you to I want to read to you the conversation between Jesus and the woman by the well in the message Bible. Just chill. Good job. And listen to what's happening. Listen close. Believe me, woman. The time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. And we Jews worship in the, light, in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming. In fact, it's here now. When what we're called will not matter. When, when what we're called will not matter. And where you go to worship will not matter. It's you. It's you. And the way you live, that count before God. Your worshiping must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before God in their worship. God is sheer being itself spirit. And those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. And what, 
what we see here is it's not just worshiping in church, but it's taking worship out there in how you do life too. And you know what's going to end up happening? You're going to find God riding in the truck with you more often. You're going to find truck, you're going to find God having lunch with you in the middle of nowhere. It's like, you're speaking to me now, absolutely, because you brought worship from a church experience to an everyday life experience. That's how God will speak. So we're going to wrap this up. And the worship team is going to come up and we're going to do something really cool. But let's just do a little backtracking. You ready? We learned three things at the beginning of the day. And I just want to just really recap. These three things that we worship from the heart, we worship and experience our love toward, we wor worship is, an experience, is experiencing our love towards God, and worship is serving God, okay? Are we clear with that? Then let me be really clear about something else. Are you ready? Satan is going to attack you on these three areas. Number one, Satan was once the worship leader of heaven. And he wanted all the attention for himself. And there is nothing that he hates more than you worshiping God. Number two, Satan would love nothing more than attack you and to stop your worship. Because there... The very moment that God speaks to you is the very moment you realize how powerful worship is. And if you can't listen, he's accomplished his mission. Satan is going to attack you on your heart. In fact, let me just tell you right now, somebody in this room is being attacked in their heart right now. Your attitude is completely not even in a place for you to receive anything God has for you. Maybe it's a frustration. Perhaps it's just an irritableness. But can I turn to you and say that I know what that feels like and there's why so much I have grace for you. Because I once sat where you sat. I once was so mad at the pastor. I was once so mad at church. I was once so mad at people. I hated everybody. And can I turn to you and say, I really wasn't mad at them. There was something going on in me. And if I stopped long enough, which I actually did, and God gave me the ability to stop and realize this was an attack on everything God wanted to do in my life. And I had to choose who was I going to serve. Was I going to serve me and, 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 and my emotions? My emotions wanted to rule me so bad. But when I finally submitted to God and began to allow Him to break the walls down, my heart healed. My heart healed, and your heart can too. Your expression of love, for a lot of people, you think, well, I can't. And I would turn to you and say, God, what do you want? And to be able to express to God your gratitude and love. I guarantee right now, Satan would love to attack your worship in serving God as well. There's something in you that just wants to say, hey, let's just keep our faith in church. Let's just keep our faith in this room. Let's keep our faith for an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, whatever, on a Sunday morning. And let's just call that good. We're, we're making steps. But can I turn to you and say, Jesus wants to break out of you. Jesus wants to shine out of you. 
This insecurity, this fear is nothing but a lie from Satan. And worship is the breakthrough your spirit has been looking for to finally become the person that God has created you to be. Jesus turned and he said this when they tried to silence the crowd. Jesus said, don't stop them. Because if they stop shouting, these rocks are going to start crying out. And it was the evidence that worship is going to happen. And I would turn to you and say, let it happen. Let it happen. And watch what it does in your marriage. Watch what it does in your ministry. Watch what it does in your joy and your peace and your love for people. Watch what worship does as God begins to talk to you through worship. Last and final thing. If you can't remember anything about today, if it's like I can't remember the scriptures, I can't remember the points, it was like I was so distracted, I was thinking about roses all day. If you can't remember anything, but you can remember this, this is the water cooler moment. And when you go to work tomorrow and your buddies say, what did I preach on yesterday? And you get this, you got everything. You ready? Here it is. Worship is expressing my love for God. Worship is expressing my love for God. And it's in these places that God will talk to you. I thought how appropriate. Invite the worship team back up. And can I just tell you real quick the hell that has broke loose to try to get this service going today? We lost electricity the other day, but we didn't lose electricity. And all the lights were going, and we didn't have electricity, but we had electricity from somewhere, and it just fried everything. And that's why the lights haven't been turned down. That's how the lights haven't come on. The, 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 uh, lights over at the church were flickering on and off and they were just, just stayed like that for about three or four hours and and then the worship team came to practice and they couldn't practice they had to come back on Saturday and these are the first time I've heard these songs because we haven't even got to practice them this has just been a oh God please do something and you're about to go into a worship set can I just turn to you and say Satan didn't want to happen but you know who gets to define if he wins or not you there are some people in the room right now ready for three songs to break out so they can break out some expression of love towards their father. God, come speak to me. Come speak to me. But there are others in this room that are just struggling. This isn't a battle you can win on your own. In our worship time, I want you to start asking, God, what is it about my heart? And what is it about my mind? And God, what is it about my attitude? God, will you take what I can't control and would you fight my battles for me? And I promise you, that's what worship is.